Well, joining me on this episode of MSU Today is Tawana Coupe. He's the Vice Chancellor of the University of Pretoria in South Africa, and he's visiting Michigan State University this week. Welcome, sir. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Being in, I'm, this is my alma mater. I have an honorary doctorate from here. I'm the chair of the advisory board of the African Alliance Partnership, which we're going to talk about. That's right. Uh, just first of all, your overall impressions of this visit. This isn't your first time. You have an honorary degree from MSU, but just your yeah, impressions the, of our university. The place is still standing, which is good. <laughs> but yeah, there are new things. <laughs> uh, it's always wonderful to be at MSU one of the top leading institutions in the world that makes a difference, both locally in, in the United States, but also globally. It's been 60 years on the African continent, hence the, the alliance. The alliance is a little younger, but Michigan's involvement on the African continent is six, nearly seven decades now. Yes, I know David Wiley and people like that in our African Studies Center is a, one of the many jewels here at MSU. Yeah. But we'll start, sir, you know, what is the Alliance for African Partnerships and, and what is MSU's role in supporting it? No, well, in essence, the Alliance for African Partnership is, 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 is as the names imply, it's an alliance of academic institutions dedicating to using knowledge to transform lives, both around the world, in Africa particularly, but also making a, a global contribution. What, what it really does is to pool knowledge and expertise and to develop further expertise in our capacity building programs. I think we'll talk about this later for, for young females and others, by the way. But also producing that kind of knowledge that is not necessarily just knowledge. Producing knowledge is a good thing in its own right. Democratic and stable societies produce knowledge, but also you can take it a step further. Produce knowledge directed at specific challenges, whether it's food security, the burden of disease, climate change, energy. The multiple crises that the world actually faces can all be solved by knowledge. But the best way to do it is to be partners and to work together. So the Alliance for African Partnerships includes MSU as the anchor and driver, if you like, and then also and other African institutions, including uh, the mighty University of Pretoria. So among the programs, and there are a couple that focus on closing the gender gap, tell us about the Professional Fellows Program and the African Futures Research Leadership Program. Yeah, the African Futures Leadership Program, so I now jump up out first with this because it's important. It addresses a number of things that uh, we're not proud of in academia, the gender gap, as you said, to, and, and to use a less fancy word, is simply the fact that women don't have the same chances in enabling environments as men do in academia. Here in the United States, as well as in Africa, where it's even more exacerbated, only 30% of women, I think, would have that kind of tenure track that they actually reach professor and my kind of position. So what it does is really is to pay, is to choose to, uh, uh, women from the, the African continent, to choose women from the African continent who have a mentor at their institution and a mentor at MSU. They come and spend a year here at, at, at MSU and learn to build their scholarly and academic skills, but also learn to publish for impact you know, translating research insights into impact and also learn to write research grants. You know, the business of being in academia it, it requires a, a multiplicity of interrelated skills. Can you write a project proposal that is competitive and can, can get a grant? Can you publish in top scholarly journals, 
books, you know, can you produce policy briefs and related uh, genres of material? And can you rise through the academy from being, you know, tenure track at assistant professor level all the way to becoming president of the university or provost of a university? So we're really proud of that program, which is now recruiting for its fourth cohort, has done three cohorts uh, and started way back in, 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 in 2019, I think, with the eight with uh, with 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 eight uh, and also there is coming a video series uh, from from the first cohort i think in other cohorts to say what's been the impact of the program because the proof of the pudding is in the eating impact is not only us impacting it is people want to see that the african futures leadership program does indeed produce future leaders who are top academics top academic administrators people who impact lives well, you led me into my next question. I was going to ask you, what has the impact been so far of the partnership? No, I mean, just, just simply because, uh, as I said, there are only 30% uh, yeah. uh, 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 women in this kind of status where they, they really have a tenure-track position to wonderful careers that impact lives. It's producing three cohorts already since 2019. It's a huge contribution in itself. It's, it's and, and remember that the AAP is not the only one also doing this. At the University of Pretoria, we also run similar kinds of programs funded by Carnegie, Mellon, and others. So so what AAP is, is putting into a pool of a movement, if you like, for dealing with what we call early career researchers, but particularly in this instance, women. So we are contributing to closing the gender gap. Where would you like to see the Alliance focus its efforts in the future as it evolves and are there some emerging trends that need to be addressed? No, really translating research impacts, research insights into society, greater societal impact is the next frontier. In other words, being very intentional, strategic about the knowledge that we produce, the critical, and we produce lots of knowledge. But as you know, they are hidden in things that most, most of the public and policymakers don't read. They're hidden in top journals and other very good journals, in books and in other academic style communications that the the rest of the public don't know and policymakers don't know. Often we forget that policymakers don't need to be as educated as they are. A guy with a high school living certificate can become a senator in the United States and can become a senator and a president in my country where the president wouldn't even finish high school. (laughs) And so, 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 so what we do need to develop as academics is that kind of material that you know, speaks to the concerns that people have about their lives. And, and they're able to use knowledge to address that. So so policy briefs, if you like, podcasts like yours, working with guys like, we need to work more with guys like yourself because you reach an audience that we would not necessarily reach as academics. So that the knowledge that we have can really reverse two of the big existential crises we have in the world. It's a crisis of our humanity and a crisis of the planet. On the crisis of the humanity, all across the world, not just the United States, you see increasing violence, including intrapersonal violence. School shootings in the United States and other things like that, not only in the United States, the violent crime in South Africa, directed at persons, by persons, if you like. Then bigger crimes, you know, know, theft of billions of U.S. dollars and millions of rands and all of that, and, and also just corruption, and lack of accountability are things that uh, affect all of our humanity. Then the planetary crisis with climate change, where basically nature is hitting back at our irresponsibility in how we have lived on this planet. All of that can be resolved by knowledge. And, and all of that can be resolved by alliances and partnerships of knowledge institutions, 
bilaterally but more preferably multilateral so we would also like to see how we can expand the AAP, have more U.S. universities perhaps, that's a big question we're discussing, have even more African institutions expand to the rest of the world because we need that global movement of universities to reverse the existential crisis. Well said, sir. So summarize what you'd like us to know about the partnership. Well, the partnership is God sent. Um, we at the University of Pretoria participate in it simply because of this strategic nature and that MSU was, in, was, was uh, if you like, wisdom. It was wisdom to create this kind of partnership. Because look how many people are coming through the fellowships, through the African Features Leaders Program and others. We have been here two, three days now, and lots of connections and touch points have been made, and people are going to be working together. So it's, it's that wave I've been talking about. So, so, so the partnership must live long and transform the world. Well, that's, that's Tawana Coupe. He's the vice chancellor of the University of Pretoria in South Africa. We've been talking about the Alliance for African Partnerships, and there's more online. You could just Google that, of course, or go to aap.isp.msu.edu. And, and, sir, I just have one more question for you. I saw in your background you've got an extensive interest, both personally and scholarly, in the media. Mm. Uh, just wonder, and I know we could have a whole conference on this <laughs> yeah. probably, but how would you compare and contrast the media maybe in South Africa and America mm. and just sort of where is this whole media world going as how we consume the content just yeah. seems to be changing all the time? Right? Yeah, no, no, facing uh, at least three challenges in the time we have is first is the, is the challenge of digital disruption, a movement away from the traditional platforms over the air, print, and 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 over the air in terms of radio and TV and print in terms of print media, newspapers and magazines. The whole world is disrupted. We knew a vitally new model that speaks to all audiences, including particularly young people. Where I come from in South Africa and in Africa, it's a predominantly very young population and growing younger by, by 10. 70% of the population in some countries is just young people below the age of 35 or even 25. So we need you, you, can't, you can't lose your audiences, as you know. <laughs> you have to keep up with, with your audiences. But it's also a disruption of the funding and financing model, which has implications for media freedom or press freedom. Press freedom is under threat all over the world. From interesting multiple sources, the disrupted models and also changing commercial models and commercial pressures, and some governments as well being playing you know, fast and loose with their being accessible to the media, and then also from this phenomenon of disinformation, misinformation. Those are nice ways we use. We call it fake news and all of that. But actually we're talking about lies, propaganda, and lack of facts, <laughs> and, and I think we should call it by what it is. So all of those threats, I think, are... True in the United States, true in South Africa and the rest of the world, in varying degrees, of course. But as you know, there is no society that is ever developed without a free media and a free press. And also circulation of accurate information uh, that, in a, in a, a, that, in a sense, unites people in doing, having a common purpose uh, uh, to drive our common humanity, if you like. So very dark days and also... You know, there are also old-fashioned threats, like journalists being killed, arrested, you know, whistleblowers being, even here in the United States, whistleblowers being arrested, you know, and, 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 and people being forced to reveal their sources. So that, that can't really be good for democracy and good for, for a sustainable world. 
A great summary there, sir. Well, thank you again for uh, for coming in today and for joining us at Michigan State University again. Thank you. That's Tawana Coupe, the Vice Chancellor of the University of Pretoria in South Africa. And I'm Russ White. This is MSU Today.